Hello, everybody. Welcome to a new episode of The Word on the Hill. I am Father Peter. And I'm Scott Powell, and we're the Lanky Guys. And we're here to pump you up. <laughs> well, dude, we hope well you had played. a really Merry Christmas. And that you listened to our Christmas episode. That's all we care about. That's, I mean, really. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Christmas without the Lanky Guys is like Christmas without the Lanky Guys. It's like Arbor Day. It's like Arbor Day. <laughs> Grab a tree. Just trees. It's just trees. and uh, You know what it is? Is It's just you don't get your treat if you don't listen. That was really bad. I don't get it. Trees, Arbor Day, treat. It was a play on words that didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> well, don't get mad at me. I, I am get, mad at you. If I don't get your joke that didn't work. Dude, so this year it was really strange. Um, it was my first year that I ever had Christmas without my parents. Oh, because they're in New York, right? Yeah. Uh, but dude, I'm so stoked <laughs> okay. because they get to be with my bro, and I always get them to myself, and so I get to share the wealth. That's fun. And some cool family invited you over on Christmas Eve for drinks. Dude, uh, who's that? I, know. I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> it's you. It's the Paolios. heart. The Paolos. Stepping on my heart with your foot. Dude, I do that. Well, we hope you guys all had a Merry Christmas. It's still the Christmas season, of course. It's still the 12. Dude, do you, we still have the 12 days of Christmas with my kids. Yeah, it's just a, it's just the start of Christmas. <laughs> You're slurring. It is just the start. That's you, biscuits because I'm so passionate. It's like, <laughs> Was there a biscuits in there? <laughs> <laughs> Dude, don't don't mess with me, man. I will I will get in your grill and I wish know. you a Merry Christmas. Believe me, I know. Dude, this is the thing is that everybody talks about we live in a culture that is it's just not liturgical. No. So everybody wishes you Christmas from Thanksgiving until Christmas. Halloween. Halloween until Christmas. And then um and then after that they chuck their trees. And um and I'm still singing about partridges and pear trees. <laughs> sing your partridge, man. Yeah. Well, let's sing it. Oh, this is great, though. So <laughs> That was so ADD, brother. I was about to start singing. Could you just oh, were you? Yeah, yeah. Oh, then please. But no, be my no, guest. no, no, no. Oh. I, I will not. I, I, you asked me for a sign, and I will not I will not do it. I will not tempt. <laughs> oh, my gosh. My Don't we use pal. it enough to weary, I will you to weary <laughs> your pastors, your parishes. You have to weary me as well. Exactly. Is that what, <laughs> yeah, is that exactly. what it was? Yeah, that was, yeah. Annie pulled it. My wife pulled that out of me the other day. I was saying something. I was just making a stupid joke. She's like, is it enough to weary the kids you have to weary me as well or something <laughs> dude and i was so both offended and, and impressed by the reference <laughs> simultaneously wow so well, you speaking guys, of family scripture is useful in all things did you hear what i just said what speaking of family speaking of family it's the feast of the holy family holy family holy family that was awful yeah, it really was. So we're in the Feast of the Holy Family, which is appropriate because Jesus was just born a couple of days ago. So they're figuring it out. You know, what do we what do we believe about what the Holy Family did in the days following the birth of the Messiah? How long? What, what exactly? Because I know that our, our gospel reading today is going to talk about where they went, but I mean, did they just hang out in the in the cave for a while? Did they? What did uh, this is what did I the, did? The La Quintas clear out and they could get a room. I, what, what do we think that they did for a few days? What well, I mean, or weeks? I, I would presume that because they're they're not celebrating Christmas yet. I mean, they. I mean, the shepherds were. Yeah. Um, I would imagine. I mean, we had to have a little. Uh, you know, the Magi. There's a debate on when the Magi actually came yeah. to, to greet the greet the Christ Child. But right. I, I would believe that he actually met them in Bethlehem. 
That's what I mean. That's what I've sort of always believed. I mean, that's the image I always had. Yeah, yeah, because they had to travel south from Jerusalem. Oh, yeah, that's right. And that's so, true. There's no other. Yeah, okay. Even though, and so they lived in Nazareth, where which I don't know where Nazareth is. So I just am kind of it's talking north, out of it's my head. It's north of there. It's exactly. So, yeah, I, I've always imagined it being in Bethlehem, and I presume that's the, kind of the the tradition of the church. I think more that, or less. Yeah, I think their timing was on. I think okay. they met him in the cave. So. And they go from Bethlehem to Egypt. Yeah. Okay. okay. So they just can continue to. Which, what if? Hmm. What if they traveled? Because weren't they supposed to go? By, weren't the Magi supposed to go by a way that was different? Yes, but that's next week. Oh. Hold on. <laughs> I will hold on Hang to my on to that. To it's my magic. <laughs> my magi. Um, well, wait a second. That's weird, though. The visit of the magi comes after the readings about them fleeing to Egypt. Well, that doesn't mean anything. Bah, ah, okay. So I we are cannot in process. The, <laughs> the feast of the Holy Family. Okay. So our readings are coming from Sirach. Dude, did, did we just launch in? I mean, don't I we did. don't we have to like talk like more about <laughs> nonsensical things? Well, I'm trying to, to satisfy I'm trying the people. To find <laughs> <laughs> Which it's, uh, I'm trying to. Okay, I'm trying something. Okay, well, you're 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 you know, as Yoda says, don't just try, do, do or do not. Yeah, do or do not. Okay, so let's keep. We're going. already at six minutes for being. <laughs> okay, <laughs> our first reading comes from the book of Sirach. <laughs> Which, by the way, sriracha sauce. Like the neighbors started complaining about the smell of the sriracha, sriracha. A friend of mine had a, a Volkswagen Scirocco in high school, and uh, and, and so so like there's like a run on sriracha sauce. What Which, are you, you like about? that? <laughs> yeah. Okay. What? You don't like sriracha. I don't know what that. I don't know what it is. It's like it's if got I, a, like I a rooster it on it. It's got a rooster on it. It's like and like lots of weird foreign characters, and people really like it. It's kind of like um, like. It's like Cholula. Like, I know Cholula. You know how people get obsessed with Cholula? Yes, I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, people get obsessed with Sriracha socks. Okay. Socks. <laughs> dude, don't mess with... Dude, so what? I got Sriracha socks for Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're not funny. I didn't. You just laughed. I Well, that's because you are funny. Boisterously. It just hurts when it's in my oh direction. Oh, my gosh. Okay, that's right. our first Sirach, reading. chapter 3, verse 2 through 6, and then 12 through 14. But I'm going to read you the intervening <laughs> chapter. bet you are. Chapters. <laughs> Verses. You're stuck with it either way. Okay. Then our responsorial psalm is Psalm 128. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5. <laughs> Couldn't they just say 1 through 5? <laughs> okay. Um, I, okay, I'm going to have a complaint about the psalm oh, when geez. we get to there. Okay. okay. And then we have a long form Colossians 3, 12 through 21. My uncle had a long form Colossians. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> oh. Okay. All right. Colossians chapter 3, verse 12 through 21. If you don't know what we're laughing at, we had this joke for a long time about a Colossianoscopy. And I don't know why. Because or... I, I just was being stupid. It was and, silly. And, and silliness flows. Matthew is our gospel. And it's the it's uh, the uh, chapter two, <laughs> verse thirteen through fifteen, and nineteen, 19 through, through twenty three. <laughs> why are you so slap happy? I don't know. Why are you so slap happy? I don't know. Because it's it's Christmas season. Because it's Christmas season. La 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 la. <laughs> okay. So good night, everybody. That was really great to have you with us for the for the lanky hill, the lanky hill, the word mm. on the link. The word on the link. Yeah. Well, let's talk about the readings for this week. Well, God... First is Sirach. Which, by the way, as as far as an introduction goes, uh, in, in priest circles... 
<laughs> the readings this w- weekend are called the nudge readings okay. because, uh, you know, children, parents, wives, everybody's nudge, nudging nudge. each other about the nature of these readings, which really always <laughs> makes hilarious. me smile. Oh, that's really funny. Yeah. I was, yeah. Well, there was something about kids. I don't, don't revile. <laughs> well, it is the holy family. Do not, do not well, provoke no, them. No, no, no. In the first reading. The oh, first... yeah, don't provoke them. Is that in the first reading? No, that's in the gospel. Oh, okay. I studied the word provoke because don't I was really curious about that. kids, parents. <laughs> I think it's a hapax domino, actually. It's not, it's not actually. in the gospel. Yeah. Where in the gospel does it say not to provoke your kids? Um, uh, Rise, take the child to Egypt. Fathers, do not provoke your children so they may not become discouraged. It's the last verse, dude. You didn't prepare I did. 20 to verse 21, did you? Stop he shall be called a Nazarene is the last verse of the gospel. What are you reading? Where are you? Who are you? What podcast are you, are you recording? Hold on. What's going on here? I don't know. Feast of the Holy Family. Uh-huh. Sirach. Didn't didn't we didn't we say that um oh um I'm sorry that's Colossians. The oh last, Colossians. Okay, last that verse makes of more Colossians. sense. Got it. Okay, I was looking okay. at the last verse of some reading somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Sirac. Okay. We're going to be on okay, the rack. So, okay. So Sirac, we've talked about Sirac on this Sirac Ben Sirah or Ecclesiasticus if you will. Yeah. We've talked about Sirac before on this um it's named after just a couple of historical facts. It's named after its author. Um, Jesus Ben Sirah is believed to his name, which is Jesus, the son of Sirach. Um, and and for was, those Protestant brothers of his sisters of ours who are listening. Did you just say Protestant brothers of sisters of ours? No. So why are you mocking my language? It's our Protestant brother-in-laws. <laughs> Dude, Sorry. Yes. No. For you, our Protestant you friends. You mock every I word. I slap happy. This is what we do in this podcast. Yeah. And we're in a marathon recording session today, so this, no, is, this is how don't we get. No, we're them. not of other of something else. Don't deceive them. of car talk. That's it's <laughs> a different podcast, dude. I, do you really think that we are the the uh, Catholic car talk guys? Somebody somebody called us Catholic car talk on the was scripture. it us? Was it that, us calling ourselves that? No, that was um. It was uh. I think it was your wife. Oh yeah, my wife calls your, us that. Yeah, yeah. It was at the party the other night. Yeah, we are. Okay. So um. So, this this so we have a lot of to our Protestant fr- brothers and sisters. Oh yeah yeah yeah. The, you you don't have this book. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, <laughs> it's, it's, yeah. Yes, it's one of the the Deuterocanonicals. Yeah, I just figured that that no, we would remind them because I, I there was somebody who's telling me that um we're kind of popular at a Lutheran seminary and I forget which Lutheran seminary. Take it that, Burhop. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I do, we have Matt Botger and I have a dialogue with a Lutheran pastor every week, and we it's called arguing with heretics, and we both argue with one another. He named it. We it was mutual. Oh, it was mutual. Yeah. It was it was a mutual name. Anyway, so, so take that. They're being listened to at the Lutheran seminary. <laughs> anyway, wow, that was divergent. Yeah, I, I didn't mean it to be. That was actually my fault. Okay, so okay, so um, let's keep going. Yeah, yeah. So uh, it, it was originally composed in Hebrew. It was translated into Greek, presumably by the grandson of the author, Sirach, who is the author of the prologue. He actually mentions himself as the prologue. So this is one of those things. It, it's sort of um, this is what's called the this is a book that was handed on in tradition. So this is one of those books that really can't fully be understood, I think, without the tradition of the church, because Truth. that's what that's what it's being handed on. Is there was a big debate in the H- handed on. 
kinded on. There's, <laughs> there's a big debate hundreds of years later after Jesus, and this is where you get the whole debate about why are Catholic Bi- why do Catholic Bibles have more books than Protestant Bibles? And there was this whole debate among Jewish rabbis in the 300s of okay, what's going to compose our Bible as opposed to this Christian Bible that's becoming really popular? And the decision was made that we'll only actually put books that we have the Hebrew original versions in. Yeah. And, you know, we know that Jesus was actually probably reading Greek texts of the Old Testament or of the Hebrew scriptures at the time. He was probably reading Sirach. He quotes some of these books. Um, so, unfortunately, Martin Luther took the wrong advice, and he he took uh, the advice of those Jewish, those Jewish rabbis in the 300s that only put in books that were in Hebrew and thinking, okay, well, Christianity comes from Judaism, therefore these Jewish rabbis must be right. But he missed some of the books that were certainly being read by Jesus and by Mary and Joseph and the apostles, like Sirach, like Maccabees, like some of these others. So, second half of Daniel. Second half of Daniel. But that's why, that's why this appears in our Bibles, but, but not all other Bibles. It's probably dated to around... I don't know, the, around 200 B.C. or so. So it's it's a little bit before the time of Maccabees, if we're putting this into context. And what, what that all means is that this is being written at a time post-exile, or sort of in the middle of exile. They've come home from being hauled off into Babylon. They're back in Jerusalem. They're back sort of in the Holy Land, trying to put their lives back together. But, you know, they lost the temple a long time ago. They've been scattered. And so this, uh, there's this idea of, of this combination, this marriage of wisdom and Torah, that our whole faith life is no longer able to just be based on the temple system any longer because the temple's been destroyed. We don't believe that God has returned to the Ark of the Covenant anymore. We still have the scriptures, but now we actually have to look for God in his wisdom that he's revealed in creation and the things that are around us. So a lot of Sirach, it's kind of beautiful. A lot of it is just instructions for everyday life, things like friendship and finance and raising children, practical stuff. How do you find God in the everyday and that's kind of beautiful. So that's that's what we're getting here in chapter three. It's a little bit like uh, the book of James. Yeah, it is sort of. You know, yeah, yeah. J- James has a lot of practical advice to 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 garner theoretical things and to kind of a deeper theology. It's it's a little bit more practical. Now, one of the things though that as you're reading, you'll notice that uh, as we were speaking at the beginning, that we have a, a, a missing six verses, five mm-hmm. verses, mm-hmm. which is interesting because. Um, uh, it starts with, well, I can kind of understand why they took this one out. It says, um, uh, uh, whoever, uh, and whoever, uh, whoever glorifies his father, the verse is six, uh, first six, first half will have long life. And whoever obeys the Lord will refresh his mother. Absolutely. I can guarantee you that because I, uh, am a, a priest and my mother, she's very happy. I bet that I'm a priest, but then it says he will serve his parents as his masters. Okay, here we go. <laughs> Saddle up. <laughs> okay, and then and then eight, honor your father by word and deed that a blessing from him may come upon you. Yeah, for father's blessing strengthens the houses of the children. Truth, but a mother's curse uproots their foundations. Oh boy. You don't want a mother's curse. Let's just say that. Because if mama ain't happy. Ain't nobody happy. That's the truth. Um, do not glorify yourself by dishonoring your father, for your father's dishonor is no glory to you. Yeah. I really like that. I think that's actually a really that's important a good word for us right now. Because like sometimes we can get into as a culture, you mean? Yeah, as a culture, yeah. and like you look at you look at sitcoms and the dishonoring of the father oh my gosh. Is, is is no honor to the children. It's but but we're because we're trying to figure out who we are in relationship to all of history, and in some sense, we've become an ahistorical culture. Yes, and 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 the 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 breaking of the patriarchy is the trashing of the father um, in in spirit. Absolutely, and and uh, I it's think hard it, to be a father. Boo! To, if you watch sitcoms, I mean, what's the father role? It's always the doofus. You know, it's the doofus. Mm-hmm. Does anyone use that word anymore? 
<laughs> you do. <laughs> <laughs> but it's always kind of the bonehead. He's always doing stupid things. Oh, you know, he doesn't he doesn't have a clue. He's doesn't quite know how to fix things. He's yeah. bumbling. You know, drunk. I don't want to get into a big big thing on culture, but I used to really enjoy the show Modern Family until I realized just how really strong the agenda that they're kind of pushing forward uh. is. And and that's one thing. But, you know, the whole gay marriage thing, and I don't want to get into that right now. But the one, the other thing I noticed about that, if you know the show Modern Family, it's about these, this, this extended family and these three kind of pieces of the family. There's the traditional family of the wife and the husband, two, the three kids, and then there's this gay couple, and then there's an older, you know, the father who married this young wo- younger woman from another country and stuff. And um, if you watch it, and again, I think there's a big gay marriage agenda, which, again, I don't want to get into that now. But the one thing I am bothered by even more than that, perhaps, is that the only traditional marriage is clearly the worst on the show. The husband is the biggest bonehead. They're always fighting. The kids are a wreck. They're definitely the worst of the families, and they're very clearly portrayed as that. And I think there's just this movement to show that the traditional family is <laughs> obsolete, perhaps. I was going to say stupid, but... Yeah, yeah, and and, and that... And uh, CRX already warning of us. This CRX is a, already warning us of precisely I that. I mean, this is our perennial temptation, yeah. is to say, my dad is an idiot. Yeah, and, I don't know why that is. And and sure, the, all fathers will make mistakes, but the honoring of Not a father, uh, that's except for Scott. Okay, Thank so you. yeah, uh, it's interesting though. And then for a man's glory comes from honoring his father, and it is a disgrace for children not to respect their mother. Man, I'm really surprised they cut these out because, like, this is still in the practical stuff. It's a little bit of a stronger language. Yeah, it is um, about the nature of of how to actually sustain family life, and I really think it's critical in this time because, yeah. man, the family is under attack. Seriously, in in a deep, deep sense. And yep. and guess what? I love my dad. Yeah, me too. I mean, he's he's a good man, and we're in the middle of the holidays, which does, is not always the uh, lightest time for family relationships. Yeah, that's true. Saddle up. <laughs> Saddle up, everybody, and uh, you're in a prayers if it's particularly <laughs> difficult and yes. uh, drunken or something. You know, <laughs> that's true. I mean, there's like, a lot of drinking, there's a lot of yelling, yeah, there, and, and a lot of just tensions and stuff. A lot of tensions and, so, and holidays so, are hard. They are, and I, I particularly intercede at this time. So, yeah. but I don't want to be a big downer. Man. No, jeez. So let's go from the Sirac to the Psalm. To the Psalm. Blessed are those who fear the Lord and walk in his ways. Walk in the ways of the Lord. Which, he, dude, you know what I love about this psalm? What do you love about it? Is this. It's it's talking about the nature of labor. Oh, yeah. The fruits, I was looking at my notes, the fruits of your labors. And I just think it's it's really cool because, I mean, like, yeah, labor, in some sense, the difficulty of labor was a curse. But labor in its heart, uh, laborum exent, or uh, how do you say the, the, um, Encyclical by John Paul, um, exemptions. I can't remember it off the top of my head, but it's on the sanctification of labor. You're, you're looking at me like, dude, don't don't go there, man. Don't make, don't, I'm you're, just you're hoping Latin you don't is, ask me what. <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I just can't remember the title. The yeah. um, but the what's this? This is nice. In the in the Holy Family, there is this real nature of how labor is sanctified, and it is actually really like it's a profound blessing to eat the fruit of your labors. And 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 then the honoring of the father in the midst of this um, is really good. I think, oh, laborum exertions. Yes, sorry. Thank you. And well, well, this is one of those things. It's like we always have to keep in mind as we read all of this in the Holy Family because this is the feast of the Holy Family. It is. If somebody messed up, it's Joseph. Oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, because who else is it going to be? I mean, nobody. Mary's sinless. Jesus is God. <laughs> and, and, who broke the lamp? So if, yeah. Joseph. Ex- 
Yeah, like who is who's really Jeez. messing up and like who's sinful? See that I think we have to make a thing. Who broke the lamp? That is not a sin, brother. I know. I have to fight this where you people think that mistakes are sin. No, I don't really. I'm just Yeah, you're I'm, right. No, I'm, you're right. That's I'm just true. being exacting. That's, no, like, that's, you're talking about my language, dude. No, you're right. That's true. That's good. So and then I'm mm. no, who put the lampshade on her head? Now that's a different question. Well, I don't think that was Joseph either. <laughs> I don't either. <laughs> gets us in dicey territory. Yeah, and then and then the prosperity of your uh, of your children and the children like olive plants around your table and a, a wife <laughs> is a fruitful vine in the recesses of your home. Like all of these things are beautiful. Why are you laughing at me? I don't know. I'm trying to think of how to make that into a compliment for my wife. <laughs> Honey, you are like a fruitful vine in the recesses of my home. That's now it's creepy. <laughs> I'm trying to. I'm trying to. That's not creepy, dude. You it's kids beautiful. are like olive branches tonight at the dinner table, dude. You guys, you get a bunch of my. You my olives, dude. That's what you could do. Is you my can, wee little olives. Yeah, and then and then if they're messy, then you can say, look, look at all this olive oil. I was, I was good. I was gonna get there. I was gonna beat you to it. You got it. You got it first. <laughs> yeah, that's good. So we, I encourage everybody who's listening to call their children their little olives. Little olive. It's good. Yeah, it is beautiful. It is a beautiful psalm. That's uh, it, it, with all the. Um, I, don't, I don't have anything else to say. <laughs> you you got it. I mean, you nailed it. Actually, thank you. I, I usually the, have something to top you with, but I don't. Uh, I read the book. I read the book. I did that too. You normally read. <laughs> and, <laughs> I was like, but what about no? Hold on, hold on. No, you you got all of that. Got it. Yeah, you're yeah, good. Which is Christ in the Psalms, by the way. In case you guys, are it is a very good book. It's written by an Eastern Orthodox. Patrick, Patrick Henry, Henry Reardon. Reardon. Patrick Reardon. Henry Reardon. <laughs> All right. Colossians. Okay. Let's get ourselves a Colossianoscopy. It's it's Colossians <laughs> chapter 3, verse 12 through 21. Just move on. Just move. <laughs> forget it happened. Um, oh, a couple things. I I do have something interesting about this. So Colossians, we've talked a little bit about Colossians before. Dude, Colossians. I feel, I feel like I took all of the steam out of your out of your uh, out of out of your engine by taking the psalm over dude i'm sorry no, i didn't that. have much to say about the psalm i'm oh. glad that you took it over okay Thanks. i was dreading talking about the psalm frankly oh look the lord provides on the holy family he does because we're a family we're a family oh. <laughs> colossians um the church in Colossae was a disaster <laughs> kind of, just on the feast of the holy family yeah sometimes that's the feeling yeah well so i mean we have we've talked a little bit about colossians before um because it merited an inside joke, so clearly we have. But Colossae, um, they were struggling with what would eventually be called Gnosticism. So this idea that which, they, they were being, what? Which comes from the Greek gnosis. Which gnosis, with a silent G. Silent G. It's kind of like Noki. If I was ever a, a famous rapper, my, my name would be Silent G. Dude, I like it. Thanks, man. I would, and, I would, and I would be Yo- no- MC Noki. My favorite dish would be Noki. Noki is the silent G. That's where you'd have to get. You'd have to go around and be like, "Yo, I want some Noki." <laughs> <laughs> All right, this is going nowhere. <laughs> um, oh yeah, gnosis, gnosticism. So, which is this idea? So, what they were apparently being taught in Colossae. So, Paul's writing this letter to counter some really bad Christian teachers, or supposedly Christian teachers, that were leading the people astray, and they were basically teaching them that. Um, the idea of one of the central tenets of, of what we understand as Gnosticism is this idea that, that physical stuff is bad, matter is bad, spiritual stuff is good. So the body is bad, the spirit is good. You know, don't do bodily things and physical things. It's this idea, because Father Peter pointed out the word comes from the, the Greek word for knowledge. Um, 
what it means to sort of be enlightened is to, is to find the secret knowledge. This is what we love in our culture. I mean, how many times have you heard, you know, shows on the discovery channel or national geographic, like secrets of the Bible or, or even the book, the secret, the secret, the secret. We want secret knowledge. And so these false teachers were teaching people, if you really want in, you should listen to us because we've been enlightened. We have the secret knowledge and we'll tell you sort of what's going on. That's this why, is Gnosticism. That's why people listen to the Lanky guys. Because we have the secrets. We have the, the secrets of the Bible. But listen to this. So listen to how it begins. <laughs> Brothers and sisters, put on as Christ, as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, heartfelt compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, bearing with one another and forgiving one another. If one has a grievance against one another, as the Lord has forgiven you, mm. you must also do. And over all these, put on love. Now, I was thinking about why... Why is this showing up in these readings about the Holy Family in this time right after Christmas when we have family all around, when we're thinking about family and the beauty of family? Why are we getting this? Well, I don't know what your family's like, but I mean, picture families around the holidays and all the fights and all the bickering and everything else that comes up and then read these words. Put on as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, forgiving one another, grieving with one another. I mean, challenge yourself to do that at Christmas and... You're going to change the way your holiday is. I mean, that's yeah. that's a pretty tall order. And I don't know if this is true, so maybe you can correct me. But one of the things I'd always often heard was that this passage was part of the basis for um, prayers surrounding priests' vestments. So when you're vesting yourself and you're putting on these things, the chasuble, which goes on last— I understood in the ancient church that chasuble actually represented this line after all of the, or, or over all these things put on love. And the chasuble actually represented that putting on love from Colossians over all of these other things, all these beautiful vestments. They don't really matter. Put on love. Oh, they do matter. But uh, over them all, you put this on. That was, I don't know. Have you heard that before? Is that ring a um, bell? Yeah, I don't think it's, uh, well, this is the thing is that I, I, I've heard it, but I, um, the vesting prayers actually don't coordinate to this. Not the prayers. Not the prayers, but the but, the, the, the the garments themselves. So yeah. You have, so you have the stole, which is uh, garnered from the um, the Roman senators, which was the sign of authority. Which they, when you became Christendom, it, right. the, the authority was then given to the clergy. Yes. And so you would always clothe the authority with love. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that's why we don't wear stoles on the outside. Right. Is because right. I, I'm not trying to display that I am the authority. That's why yeah. you wear a stole when you're forgiving sin. Yeah, right. Is, is you're you saying, I'm sitting in authority here. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And, and that's why blessing and exorcism and these sorts of things, you're wearing a stole. Right. Um, because you're, you, oh, wow, I didn't know that. Because That's... those things are, are exercises of, of that, but Authority. then the chasuble is then this, this grand expression of love because what you're That's doing cool. is, is you're going in, in, uh, in the place of Christ, uh, at, at his crucifixion, yeah. which is the grand supreme act of love. of love. And so, so you're, you're, you're actually conforming yourself to Christ the priest in his, in the grand act of love. And so wow. th that's really where I, I, I think that this, this actually makes a lot of sense because, um, because once we get to the, the latter part of this, it's mm. kind of, some of this stuff is a little bit hard to deal with. Yeah. The second, the second part of this, but, but yeah, I mean, um. Uh, well, which you that and that's the thing about scripture in context. You can't have the second part without reading the first. Yes. And people want to cherry pick scriptures and just kind yes. of pull out things here and there. We can't do that. And today today's second reading proves that. Yeah, if anyone against uh anyone has a complaint as indeed the Lord forgave you, so also ye do over all of these things, love. <laughs> I'm, I'm reading <laughs> it interlinear. I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> of the King James. Uh, no. 
this is this is not the King James. Ye also have. Ye actually, it does have some yees in there, which <laughs> I think is like super awesome. Give me some yees and haves, please. And 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 then over all these things, love, which is the bond of completeness. Oh, you're reading the Greek. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. And um, and the peace of Christ that rule in the heart of you. You would take the heart of me. Uh, no, that's from Lord of the Rings. That's what I. That's why I recognize that. Um, <laughs> Um, and then, and then it keeps on going until finally we get to the section of eighteen, Colossians three eighteen, which is really hard for people to deal with in an age where um, uh, uh, there's a, a real authentic uh, elevation of the woman. Yes. But there, but but how do we actually look at that and and understand it in the context of a of a of a, of a uh, integrated authentic femininity yes that's one of the things that we have we have to examine challenge yeah it says the wives be subject to your husbands as is befitting in the lord which i actually really like the greek um the the be ye subject (laughs) the subject is actually speaking of authority yeah that there is a reality to authority of of a man in the household, which is, I, I think, is actually one of the things that um, is really difficult to understand in a contemporary uh, expression of femininity is right. where, where does, how do we actually have authority right. in in a context? Right. Is right. a husband authoritative? And and I think that that's part of the reason why so much of it is is demonstrated as a bumbling man. Right. It's an attack on, on authority. Yep. Absolutely. And and um and now this can be misused, and so we're going to get a corrective. And and the corrective is this, husbands... Well, we also can't forget that these are letters. And if it's a letter, that means it's being written to address particular situations. Yes. So this isn't, this isn't just... These are universal teachings because that's how they made into the Bible. The church recognized, okay, everyone should read this. But we can't forget that they're being written to churches that are dealing with specific things in specific places. So there's probably a problem with this that's going on that needs to be addressed. Yes. So we, we can't take it in a vacuum. That's the first point. So please go on. Absolutely. Well, and this the other thing is that men not taking up authority yeah. is really a, not a good thing either. Right. Because then then they can just get a man without authority is a boy. And yeah. there's and there's no woman I know who wants to just have another child in the home. No, which is how, but again, going back to sitcoms, that's how it's portrayed. Yes. The husband's just another child that needs to be taken care of. Well, and that's a that's also And we all have a good laugh at his expense, but Asirak says it doesn't honor us. Yeah, and it does does not make for good love in the home. No. Whereas, and then the corrective on, in verse nineteen comes this: the, the husbands love your wives and do not be bitter towards them. Yes. <laughs> and yeah. uh, this is this is a very important thing. But that I, also goes, tells you something more is going on here, isn't it? Yes. Well, and also it goes back to the vestiture that that you brought up: mm. uh, is authority is always clothed in love. Yes. It's clothed in love until it, then, until it is actually essential to act out of authoritative things. Right, and um, and then and then we go to the kids. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> kids, kids, obey your parents <laughs> in all respects, for this is well pleasing in the Lord. And therefore, here's another corrective to the fathers. See, as a father, it's really uh, it's a really um, <laughs> uh, precarious um, it is. work. It's hard. It is some crazy difficult work. I'm Seriously. called a father for a real reason. I have yeah. these things in my life. Yep. And it says, don't provoke your children. Seriously, father. Lest they be disheartened. Boom. No, I'm just kidding. I'm not disheartened. <laughs> I'm you were kidding. you were earlier. Not because of <laughs> not because of you. It's because you don't please me. 
man. <laughs> this is the worst. Did, did, did that provoke you? Yes. That provoked sadness. I was, I was, I, <laughs> you're so proud of yourself. I, well, I was looking up the word provoke. provoke sadness. I was looking up the word discouragement. Yeah. Uh, and like, and I, and like, how, what's the difference between like a, a provocare means to call forth in Latin? Yeah. Um, but then uh, it's a hapax legomenon. It's only, uh, why well, <laughs> you laugh at me? Because you're using such big words. <laughs> Explain yourself Ex- for our listeners who might not know what a hapax legomenon is. A hapax legomenon is a uniquely expressing um, word in the New Testament. It occurs only once. Hmm. Hi, Father Brady. <laughs> Say hi to Jesus for us. <laughs> he just went into the chapel. We, you, if, if, for those listeners who do not know, uh, are not familiar with the layout of the basement of the <laughs> rectory where we record this, there is a chapel that is directly next to Adjacent it. Adjacent to the studio. Yeah, so I am actually looking at the Blessed Sacrament with my Superman x-ray vision through the door oh. next to Scott's head. That's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> basically, he's conformed to Jesus in a very special way. See, so, that's not provoking me. That's not discouraging me. No. That is encouraging me. It's calling Thank you, you it's calling you forth to the true nature that That's you true. are which I think is what they're trying to actually elicit out of yes. is, Oh is, absolutely is, is like what's it, what's the difference between motivating somebody and inspiring somebody motivating somebody you can't do it yeah. I motivational speakers don't exist I'm going to get a why am I going to be motivated to do something because I'm That's, inspired yeah, that's for me. Now, in- inspired means it's like the best thing. It's like mm. I, it's it's like you get around somebody who looks at you and is like, "You are the best," and it's really a phenomenal experience. And you yeah. want to be better. Yeah, that that's why. Like, yeah, you want to be better. That's a good one. And and that calls you forth. So, like a good father, not provoke uh, the proper provocation versus provoke right. the provoking of the passions of right. anger and, right. and sadness and um, stuff it is just very very different. And I and I think that that's really important to remember that that that's powerful. And we go back to the Sirach, and yeah. and that's the you know the blessing of the father is powerful. Everybody's yeah. got to have it. Yes, that's true. I mean, and and it, and we'll and, hold that wound if we don't in one way or another. Yeah, and that's really where the wisdom of God is ca- calling himself forth father. Right. Gives right. us an understanding of, of what this is going to lead us to. Yeah, absolutely. Sorry, I really talk a lot today. No, that was good. That's that's good because I mean, how many how many people are going to avoid that reading on Sunday? Yeah. Cuz it's hard and it's hard to know what to do with that. Yeah. So this is good. It needs to be addressed, dealt with it by does. the likes of you, by the likes of me. So thank you, Father. You're welcome, son. On to Matthew. Matthew chapter 2. So we are, I think we're picking up pretty much right from where we left off in, no, no, we were in Luke on Christmas, weren't we? On Christmas Eve. Luke. So now we're in Matthew. But it actually, well, it picks up the story a little bit later. This is ironic because the Magi come next week, right? They, uh, that's, the what you to, that's what you told me. <laughs> I don't know, Wasn't man. Epiphany next week? Oh shoot! Hold on, hold on. Let me think. Let me think. Let just me see yes. if I am gonna just have an epiphany. Yes. Just, ah, oh, for oh, Pete's sake! That is me. Oh, but good. that's Father Pete's sake to you. Oh, for Pete, Peter's sake. <laughs> <laughs> that's the scary. Laugh. Yes, Epiphany comes next week, and we read about. Yes, Magi. The Magi. Okay, but that's not where we are this week. We're no. back in Matthew, but it it is strange to me because it's. So the, the, it begins this week by saying when the Magi departed. So we're bouncing around chrono- chronologically, which is fine. 
So when the Magi departed, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. So this is now, if you're keeping count, let's see. So the angel appeared to Zechariah. Yep. He appeared to Mary. Yep. He appeared to Joseph to tell him not to divorce Mary. Yep. He appeared to uh, the shepherds. Yep. So if my count is correct, this is time number five. This is the fifth time that the angel has appeared in the gospel. It's only chapter two. Now, those are different gospels we're bouncing around, but putting them all together, five times for Pete's sake. Dude, holy angels of God. (laughs) So he appears to Joseph in a dream, and he always comes to Joseph in a dream. Isn't that interesting? He appeared Mm. to Zechariah. He appeared to Mary. He appeared to the angel, or to the shepherds, but he only appears to Joseph in a dream. The dude... It's just fascinating to me. Yeah, he must sleep well. He must sleep well. So he appeared to Joseph in a dream, and he said, Rise, take the child and his mother, and flee to Egypt, and stay there until I tell you, because Herod's going to search for the child to try to destroy him. So Joseph arose, and he took the child and his mother by night and departed for Egypt, and they stayed there until the death of Herod. That what the Lord had said through the prophet might be fulfilled. Out of Egypt I called my son. Egypt Egypt was a great place for them to flee to for a number of reasons. There's practical reasons and there's theological reasons. So in the first century, um, Egypt was still under the control of the Roman Empire. It was still part of the Roman Empire, but it was outside of Herod's jurisdiction. Oh. So basically it's just saying go out of Herod's jurisdiction. But so there's a practicality to that. But also, I mean, in the tradition of the church, uh, Egypt was always a refuge for Jewish people. So you read about it in Kings, in Maccabees, in Jeremiah, um, in Genesis with Joseph, right? It's all over the place. Egypt is often a refuge for people. So it's, it's, and there was probably a Jewish population there. Remember, Alexandria was in Egypt, which was where Jewish people went to write the Septuagint and probably Sirach and Maccabees and some of the other, well, maybe not Maccabees, but some of the others. So it's, it, it makes a lot of practical sense. But on another level, so we already talked about Joseph and dreams, right? That so we you, did that a couple of weeks ago in case you were not listening. Please refer to podcast number then, But so we have a Joseph, we have dreams, and we have Egypt. A Joseph with dreams fleeing to Egypt. Mm-hmm. So of course Joseph from the the uh, the story amazing technical dream coat. which is not a technicolor dream coat which <laughs> kills me but this is what was this last week or this week that we talked about how we we started singing Exodus by Bob Marley <laughs> yeah. uh, that was la- that was on last, Christmas Eve yeah because because we had um uh, yes precisely but you can't you made a good point though you can never fully extricate the Exodus story from this never and not only can you not extricate it, I mean it is the centerpiece of everything so. Lo and behold, that that random quote that it puts in, that's why what the prophet said might be fulfilled, out of Egypt I called my son, this, which is quoting Hosea chapter 11, which is this passage looking back, back at the founding of, of the nation of Israel when God called his firstborn son Israel out of slavery in Egypt. So that quote is actually from Hosea talking about something else. It was talking about the Exodus when God called his firstborn son the nation of Israel out of Egypt to free the people from their slavery. Now he's applying it to his firstborn son, Jesus, who's going to be freed out of Egypt and save all of humanity from their sins, from this new slavery. So there's all these beautiful, why are you smiling at me like that? Because it's so good. Okay, good. Yeah, no, no, no. I, I actually was just kind of like no, being lift, lifted up in like a kind of a uh, mystical delight. A trance. A trance. <laughs> Ah, I, I just think of somebody drooling in a trance or like having like spinning red and white circles in their eyes. Oh, that's so scary. Please don't. <laughs> yeah, that's like zombie that's stuff. That freaks me out. Where, whereas no, whereas the, the mystical vision is like somebody caught up in rapture. Okay, that's better. I, I get that. Which is not, an, uh, though it is an ABBA song, I will not <laughs> sing it for you. 
Why? Because twice you have not sung things for me today. <laughs> Thanks a lot. All right. <laughs> so this is another passage where we skip over a chunk. Kind um, of like me singing. <laughs> <laughs> yes, precisely. So we go from verse 15 to 19. So, you know, you wonder what is 16 through 18. Well, 16 through 18 is the story of the, the slaughtering of the innocents when Herod starts killing all the babies. Oh, yeah. Which is very sad. So we actually skip over that in the reading. And then we come back right after Herod has died. And as soon as Herod died, the angel appears to them and says to, jo- again, there's Joseph in Egypt in a dream being told to do something. Again, all this re- resonance with the, with the Old Testament. Um, and then he, the angel instructs Joseph to go back to the land of Egypt because those who sought the child's life are dead. Um, that Those words, for those who sought the child's life are dead, the words from the angel are almost verbatim what God said to Moses um, when, do you remember when he had, do you remember the story of, of Moses in the Exodus? Moses grew up in the courts of Pharaoh. He killed that guy and he had to flee to the desert. Yeah, yeah. And then the Lord appears to him in the wilderness to go and tell him to set his people free. Yeah, yeah. And he says almost these exact words, those who sought your life are now dead. Oh. So it's the same exact thing when Moses, you know, had to flee. Oh. Now he's being called to go back to do what? To set the people free. Jesus had to flee. What's he being called to go back and do? To set his people free from their sin, which is ultimately what he's going to do. So I, I thought it was, I, I made a note of that. I thought it was fascinating that it's almost word for word exactly what God says. That's word. To Moses. <laughs> uh-huh. yeah. So we rose and he took the mother and they went to the land of Israel. Uh, but when they heard the Archelaus, so there's always somebody out to get you. I mean, that's kind of, isn't that sort of the story of this gospel? There's always somebody who's out to get you. So there's Herod, and they have to run away from him. But then there's Archelaus, so they have to go to a place that's just outside of his jurisdiction. So instead of going back to, to Bethlehem, or to Gal- they go up to Galilee, they go into Nazareth, um, That's which is where Mary was. That, that's where they were originally, right? Yeah. Um, this is where it gets fascinating, though. So he went and he dwelt in a town called Nazareth, so that what had been spoken through the prophets might be fulfilled. He is called a Naz- he shall be called a Nazarene. Do you remember which prophet said he shall be called a Nazarene? Um, hold on, hold on. We, we talked about this in the podcast, didn't we? Um, the that um, no prophet did. Aha! 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 <laughs> I thought I was going to trick you. You got to Look at you, sharp dude. I actually sharp remembered nail. the thing. And no sa- prophet. Nope. Says those line says that line. Yeah. So you gotta wonder. I mean, if you're a Jew in the first century, you're reading this, you're like, wait a second, what prophet said he shall be called a Nazarene? Yeah. No prophet actually says that, which is why remember in the Gospel of John, this gets him into trouble because everybody is worked up. They're like, Well, nobody nothing good is gonna come out of Nazareth. What good is coming to come out of Nazareth? Yeah. So they don't understand why he's from there because there's no prophecies about it. Yeah, because the, or the are only, there. There is there is a prophecy about it. Yes, it's because there's a big stump right outside the church, and it'll tell you everything you need to know. Um, Yeah. There is a big stump outside of the church from a tree that was felled, and Father Peter wrote Jesse's stump on it. (laughs) And then another one was felled, and you wrote Jesse's stump on that one, too. Yeah, yeah. which one is Jesse's stump, though? The big one, I would guess. The little one. Well, which (laughs) one one was committed by a group of fraternity men? And one was, one was committed by, by the Lord. By the Lord. <laughs> <laughs> we had two trees fall recently. One was by the Lord, and, and one was by a frat. But they who were out it. searching for a Christmas tree one night. One night, and yeah. they chopped down one in front of our church. <laughs> and then I don't know why I'm laughing. At it. I know it's it terrible. Dra- they dragged it to the back of their house, and there was like With pine a needles thick everywhere. Trail of pine needles right to their front door. The back door. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, the back door. Still, yeah. it was ridiculous. <laughs> Totally ridiculous. And then our church, a church group, went caroling in front of them and sang "Oh Christmas Tree." Oh yeah, and which they, was the icing on the cake. It was one of their favorite things. Um, 
that they have ever done in their life. That's awesome. I mean, they, the delight in their faces when they told me. They were like, we sang Oh Christmas Tree to the fraternity. That's awesome. Oh, it was just the best. Um, so, Nazareth. Yes. What is going on here? So, what are the prophecies about Nazareans? A branch shall shoot from the stump of Jesse. And what does that have to do with anything? Uh, well, Nazareth comes from the root, which means branch. Netzer. So, the word for branch... Um, or shoot. So remember in Isaiah, there's all those readings. You know, there was a stump. Shoot. A, sh- <laughs> a branch shall shoot forth from the stump of Jesse. What does that mean? You know, it was talking about this time that it, the nation of Israel is going to be cut down like a big tree. But there will be a stump, which means there's something left over. There's a foundation that's still there. Out of that stump, a little tiny branch will shoot. What is that branch called? The Netzer. Nazareth is called Branch Town. So why is it that it's appropriate for the Savior to come from Branch Town? Because he's the branch that's shooting forth from the stump of Jesse. So Mm. there's no explicit prophecy that says he'll be called a Nazarene, but there's lots of prophecies about the branch that's going to shoot forth from this. So it's you kind of have to put the puzzle pieces together to get this which I can just picture Matthew writing that with a big smile on his face. It's like, ah, I get it now. This is this little code that I've cracked, oh, which is really kind of cool because he's best. writing that. And he wrote that explicitly knowing he's going to trick people. Yeah. Can't you just imagine him just being just delighted about writing that? He would have the expression on my face that you just saw. Yeah, that's true. Why are you smiling at me? And, he, and the Lord is like, ah. ah. The Holy Spirit's like, ah. It's <laughs> 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 ridiculous. <laughs> so... You're ridiculous. There you go. Yeah. Um, and I mean, okay, just to bring this whole thing full circle because okay. we're, we're at the end. Circle it up. Who is the hero of all the readings this week? Who's uh, the hero of the gospel this week? Uh, 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 I don't know. Who's the hero of the gospel? I want to. Who's the main character in the gospel this week? This particular Joseph. Week? Yeah, Joseph. What did we, what was the commentary that we applied Sirach to earlier? Fathers. Fathers in the world. The fathers are just jokes. They're losers. They're bumbling morons. What's the hero of the gospel? It's Joseph. God appears. He sends his angel, not to not to Mary, not to the baby Jesus. Hey, everybody, let's go that way. He appears to <laughs> Joseph because Joseph is the head of that family. Joseph is not a bumbling idiot. He is a heroic, self-sacrificing man. He is a father. He's a dad who loves his family, and he is the hero of this. Do you know how many words that Joseph says in the Gospels all put together? None. None. He doesn't say one single thing. But what does he do? He saves the entire holy family. He saves humanity because he takes the Christ child to Egypt because he listens to the will of God. What does it mean to be a, a, a leader in a family? What does it mean to have authority in a household? It means to listen to the voice of God and do what you're told. That's what it means to be a father, right? And that's what yeah. Joseph does, which is why he's a hero, which is why the whole thing is the counterpoint to what Sirach is telling us to avoid. It's saying, don't do this. Do do this. Do do. Do do. <laughs> anyway. Man. You brought it together. I needed to be brought together. It I did. You're you're my hero. No. You're keep going. No. <laughs> please, <laughs> you did. please, no. You are just very Never. smart. No. And I want to no. honor you for your goodness. <laughs> Don't provoke me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody. Well, um, any shout outs this week? Um, shout it out. Um <laughs> I wanna <laughs> shout it out to um. No, I don't have anything in my okay. mind. I haven't even seen anything. I haven't checked the email or nothing. There's no emails except from iTunes. But I want to send a shout out to um, George Gehring, 
Oh. Who went to went to Steubenville with me? But he says I love the podcast, and I am comfortable enough with myself to permit George likes lanky guys to appear in my fo- Facebook profile. <laughs> so, which is the mark of true manhood? <laughs> yes, that's awesome. Yeah, it's really funny liking things and like having it in your timeline. You really, it really is like. I, I it's good. It takes some guts sometimes. I, w- I won't like subscribe to Candy Crush and like let it be on my <laughs> Facebook profile. That's good. I yeah. think that's wise. No, it's good. I mm. got a I got a penance not to to play Candy Crush anymore for <laughs> oh, for, for, a, for a period of time. That's probably fair. It, it is. It was a fair penance. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if it doesn't feel like a true pen, true penance, but like it's still pretty good. It will when you have that strong desire to play it, man. Oh, absolutely. Well, you guys like us on uh, Facebook. And uh, pin us on Pinterest, which is funny because other people find can us on pin Candy stuff. Crush. Find us Cru- on Candy Crush. Crush us on Candy Crush. <laughs> <laughs> and keep it real. And uh, nudge, keep it real. Nudge, nudge your family, and may you all be kind to each other. What did you call this at the end? The May crowning. And you, can, uh, you do the May. You keep doing the Mays. May you have hay in your heart for Jesus this Christmas. <laughs> May you, yes, dude, that was good, good memory. Thanks. Is that what it was, the maker? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. All right. Thanks, everybody. We'll be back next week on the Epiphany with a oh. number of epiphanies for you. <laughs> yeah, I'll be I'll on retreat. Pray, pray for me. I'm gonna be on retreat. Excellent. And uh, where are you gonna be? Um, I'm gonna be. Um, oh. Actually, I will have already been on retreat by the time you listen to this. You're on your own. (laughs) (laughs) All right, everybody. See you next week. Okay. Bye-bye. The Word on the Hill is a production of the Aquinas Institute for Catholic Thought here in beautiful Boulder, Colorado, www.thomascenter.org. You can also send us an email at lankyguys at thomascenter.org. See you next week.